Hey, uh, last couple of weeks, we finished a super long series. Thanks, Carlos. We finished a super long series, about 18 weeks or something like that on a man in Christ. And for the last several weeks, we've just been talking about um, uh, single messages, not any series. Uh, we'll see where we go the rest of the year. But um, a couple weeks ago, I guess last week, we talked about forgiveness. Come on, anybody working that still in your life? Come on, forgiveness. Uh, week before, we talked about healing. Uh, I, I want to talk to you today just about something that uh, not just um, concerning what's going on right now, but really for the rest of your life. And I, I, I hope you'll take it to heart. Hope you write down some notes and uh, listen to what God's saying to you. And he'll probably fill in some blanks uh, for you uh, as we keep listening and hearing this, this message over and over. Some of these scriptures will be real familiar to you and maybe a couple of them you haven't heard before. So lean in. Um, I, I was just, you know, several weeks ago thinking about the, you know, this particular Sunday and I, I just, I just came across a, you know, a couple of different scriptures, and, and this thought came to me. The title for the message is just, "What, what are you doing? Come on, what are you doing?" Um, if you're a parent, and you've probably had to ask this question more than one time to your kids, probably numerous times, when you walk into the kitchen, you see cereal all over the countertop, you see milk on the floor, and you say, "What are you doing?" Uh, you know, you, you walk in the bedroom like us. I remember we walked in the bedroom one time, and, and one of our kids, one of our sons, had the crayons out, and he was crayon on the wall. And, and right, so what are you doing? Um, I, I wonder if God sometimes isn't like looking at our lives and just saying, well, what are you doing? Just, 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 just what are you doing? Um, when Elijah, the prophet in the Old Testament, he did some amazing things, called down fire, you know, the prophets of Baal, uh, you know, called them out. They were wiped out. And, uh, and yet this, this queen, Jezebel, who's Ahab's wife, she says, if this brother's head's still on his shoulders by the time the sun goes down, you know, and so he heard that and he took off running. And the Bible says he ran and ran and ran. An angel actually found him and baked him a cake so he could grow strong. He was running for 40 days after that, winds up in a cave, outside of a cave, and God shakes him again, and God comes to him. We know it from 1 Kings chapter 18, and God says, hey, 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 Elijah, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? And I wonder if there's not many times in our lives that God would love to ask us that question. What, what are you doing? And what are you doing in this spot? How did you get here? And, and, and the question isn't because he doesn't know. The question is trying to bring awareness to your and my life to shock us, to get us out of the, maybe the rut that we're in. So, so, so let, let's just look at this ourselves today and ask ourselves some really, some really challenging questions. Are, are you where God wants you to be? Uh, do you know what's going on in the time clock of what God's doing right now in the earth? And are, are, are you on the same page God's on? Come on, you, you know that in conversations that you're, you're having a conversation with somebody and, and you just kind of look at their face or their body language and you go, you're not getting it, are you? We're not on the same page. 
You know, we're, just, we're, just, we're just not communicating accurately. God wants us to be on the same page with him so we're on his time clock, we're on his agenda, and we can receive everything he wants us to receive and be used for God in this hour. I don't know about you, but I believe this hour is extremely important what God wants to do, how he wants to speak, how he wants to lead, how he wants to counsel, how he wants to direct you, and how he wants to direct the body of Christ. I believe this hour really matters matters. Anybody like that? Yeah, probably so. Luke chapter 12. Let's start our journey today right here. Luke chapter 12, verse 54. We'll have some scriptures back behind the screen so you can follow along as well. Then Jesus turned to the crowd and said, when you see clouds beginning to form in the west, notice beginning to form, that's, that's, that, that, that's an imperative word, beginning to form in the west, you say, here comes a shower. And you're right. And when the south wind blows, you say, today will be a scorcher. And he said, it is. You're, you're, you're right. Verse 56. And he says, you fools. You fools. You know how to interpret the weather signs of the earth and sky, but you don't know how to interpret the present times. You, 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 can sure, you can sure figure out, I, I don't know where it came from. I, I heard it when, when you know, going to visit my grandparents up in Connecticut, and they lived right on the Atlantic Ocean, on, on the Pawkatuck River that took us out to the Atlantic Ocean. And, and they would say, my cousins would say, uh, you know, something like this, um, uh, red, red sky at night, sailor delight. Red sky, come on, come on. Red sky in the morning, sailor take warning. There was even in the sky, even, even to look at the, the, the coloration that there would be storms coming in. And, and we know that. And, and when now we look at, you know, Weather Channel, we see what's exactly happening. But, but back then that they could discern what was going on in the climate and a storm that was coming or the heat that was coming. Or we would say, Southern California, I, I know a Santa Ana is coming because they could discern the times. And Jesus tells these guys... Stuff's going on in heaven's realm. Stuff's going on in the spirit realm. And you have no clue what's happening. No clue. You, 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 you're tuned into the earth. You're tuned into the latest. You know what's going on in the economy. You know what's going on in the world. You know what's going on in weather, specifically what he's talking about. But you don't know the signs of the present times. And, and, and I think it's imperative that we take a step back and, and we say, God, what are you doing? What, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing right now? What, what do you want me to be doing about what you're doing? Do I have a part to play right now? And, and so we see all throughout Scripture that God would raise up somebody for a specific time. The whole book of Judges is about that. We see that there's a nation of Israel, when, uh, a story that all of us are familiar with, whether you've read it recently or not, with David and Goliath, and the whole nation is in hiding. And, and, and God would probably come to the whole nation where Saul was the anointed king, and he's not acting according to what God's told him to do. And, and my, my words, not Bible words, by the way, my words, God would say, Saul, Saul, hey, nation of Israel, what are y'all doing? But, but there was one kid, David, who was hiding in the backside of the desert, just, just keeping the sheep, singing songs to God, worshiping God, had a relationship with God, like, like we talked about today when the, 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 the team up here, and the presence of God, and, and I want to draw close to God, and I want to know you, Lord God, and there's an open door when I come with you, and, and this one brother got it, and he was the one that God used 
to rout the enemy. I don't know about you, but I want to be used by God in this time, in this hour, to do something significant. Anybody like that today? Regardless of how old you are, regardless of how worn you are, regardless how young you are, all of us can have a part to play in what God is doing. He says, you can understand the seasons, you understand what's going on in the weather forecast, but you don't know how to interpret the present times that we're in. Listen, it doesn't take much for all of us to kind of go, you know, I'm not an old guy, but I'm old enough to realize morality, morally in our nation in the last 15, 20 years, it's always been on a decline. But come on, how many know it's just kind of gone off the cliff? Just morally, um, just we look at we look at uh, uh, what's good and what's evil, and, and and no matter no matter where you're at, on what side of the aisle you're on, there, there's there's this blend of, between well, it could be good for you but not good for me, or evil for you and not evil for me, and so you do you, you do me. That's not what the Bible says. That's not what the Bible says. Bible says you better be real, real careful that you call something that's good evil or something that's evil that's good. That we need to know what God's doing. We need to know what God's saying. We need to know what, have ears to hear what the Spirit of God is actually saying. Like we said and prayed a moment ago. We, 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 we need to make sure that, that, that we're hearing God decides, what are you doing in Israel? Uh, what, what's, what are you really doing there? What, what, is, what does it look like? And I'm not an end time prophet guy, but we can sure see kinds of things that are coming, what God's done, what he wants to do. I mean, we've seen just in the last couple of years, maybe four or five years, just this crazy thing with sexual sexuality in our nation again with people where, where people don't even know or can't even say, or our leaders can't even say what a man is or what a woman is. Something's crazy, guys. Let's just be real. Come on, come on, just be real. And then now, I don't know about you, but I saw this thing this past week that there's this, bless her heart, this little girl playing field hockey somewhere, and she's playing field hockey, and on the other team, they had a transgendered uh, 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 guy transitioning, and, and so he's six foot two or whatever like that, and he's playing women's field hockey, and he got his stick and got a hold of this girl, and he knocked her teeth out. Listen to me, something's crazy. It's deceptive, it's, it's manipulative. Listen to me, let's just call it out. It's demonic. Come on, everybody. And so I, I, don't, I don't know everybody, but it's kind of like, I don't, I'm looking around kind of going, what are you all seeing? What are, our, what are our leaders doing? What are they seeing? Well, we know that the Bible says, we talked about it before from 1 John 5, that it actually says the whole world is under the sway of the wicked one. There's a sway, there's a deceptiveness in the earth right now. But you don't have to swim in that current. Come on, everybody. Come on, you can navigate above those storms, and that's what God wants us to do, where we could actually say, hey, God, what are you doing? What, what are you doing in me? What do you want to do in me? What are you doing right now? I want to have the pulse of what you're thinking, what you're saying. I, I want to know the word that you've given me right now so I can act it out. I, 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 can, I, I can know spiritual things like the Apostle Paul said. He said, eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard, neither's entered in your heart the things that God's prepared for you. He says, he says but you can know them by... By the Spirit of God, because the Spirit of God searches all things, the deep things of God, that you can know what he's called you to do. You can know, be right on time, right on assignment. Come on, no matter what's going on in the 
world, God's got a people that can live above the darkness, and that's you. Come on, that's the body of Christ. Yeah, it is. God's going to reveal those things to you and to me. Scripture says, by his word and by the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of you. Now, now, now it's interesting that Jesus said, uh, you know, in the Gospels, he said when, when he comes back that the signs would be similar, his signs before his coming would be similar, we said a couple weeks ago, to when Noah was, was building the ark. He says everybody was given in marriage, everybody was doing their business as usual uh, until the time that the flood actually came, that, that it overtook them all. It was kind of like just business as usual, no comprehension of what's going on, no comprehension of spiritual things and what God's saying and wanting to do, just, just, uh, just going through life just totally unaware. And we know from Scripture that if the people had just listened to Noah, if they had just listened to what he said, that there's, you know, there's, there, there's trouble coming, there's, there's, there's a flood coming, you, you need to get here, you need to get your family up here in this boat, you need to get on God's side. If they just listened, more than eight of them would have been saved. You know, Jesus said this. He said, he, he said uh, uh, there, there's, a, there's a narrow path. And he said, there's a wide path. And he said, most are going down the wide. But there's a narrow path that you've got to say, Lord, this is, uh, what are you doing? And maybe not everybody's going this way, but I know from Scripture, I know in my heart, that's wrong, and this is right. I, wanna, I, I want you to search me. I want you to try me. I want you to know me, and I want to know you. I want to be on point with you. Lord, arrest me. Lord, direct me. Lord, lead me. Guide me. Come on, feed me. Come on, come on, somebody. That I want to have a word in season to him who's weary. I, I want everywhere I go, not just a Sunday thing, but an everyday thing that I can be used by God. I, I, I'm, I'm, I can just have a little touch from you and I know this is what you want me to do. You don't need to grab me by the arm like, like a mom grabbing a kid in Walmart that's acting up. I, I want to know you and hear you distinctly in my heart so I can follow and finish your purpose and will for my life. Amen, everybody? Yeah, yeah. So, 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 so today matters. Come on, today matters. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, today matters. Come on, today matters. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Check it out. James says this. James chapter 4, verse 13. He says, come now, you who say today or tomorrow, we're going to go to such and such a city. We're going to spend a year there. We're going to buy and sell. We're going to make a profit. Got it all figured out. Got all figured out. I got my 10-year plan worked right here. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go over there. I'm going to start a business. I, I, I'm going to go to college. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get this degree. Nothing wrong with that. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to marry, marry me a rich girl. I'm going to marry me a rich guy. I, I, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. I, I'm going to be the next whatever. This is, this is my plan. Nothing wrong with having a plan. should have a plan but making sure your plans are God's plans, right? Uh, come now, you say today or tomorrow, we're going to go to such and such a city and we're going to spend a year there. Got to figure it out. Got the timeline figured out. Got the timeline figured out. Uh, in, in five years, I'm going to be a millionaire. And that's what you're seeking and that's what you're searching for and that's what you're going for. So you stab, you hurt, you steal, you cheat, you do some different things you, you, and, and you leave your family off by the side because you've got a goal. You've got a goal. You want to be that guy. You want to be that gal. And God's saying, oh, you, you, you don't know, verse 14, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. What, what, what's your life? What's your life? 
It's even like a vapor that appears for a little time and then it vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say this, if the Lord wills. Come on, would you say that with me? If the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But he says now your boasting and your arrogance is all just in vain and your boasting and your arrogance is actually evil. Now, God's not anti-plan. God's actually pro-plan. He's a, pro, he's a planner. How many of you know that? He's a planner, and he wants you to plan. He, he expects you to plan, but, but he's not wanting you to plan without him. So, so here's, what, here's what James is saying just in a one-line sentence on the screen. James is telling his readers to involve God in their decisions. J just, just involve God in your decisions. Lord, what do you want me to do? If I'm a young adult and I'm thinking about college, Lord, Lord, what's the path you want me to do? Here's my gifts. Here's my talents. Here's my abilities. Here's what I sense. Here's what people that love me. Here's what my parents say. Here's what some other people that, that love me say. Lord, Lord, what is your will for my life? Lord, Lord, talk to me about who I'm to date. Talk to me about who I'm eventually to marry. I, I just don't want the cute girl that's going to wind up being Hilda the Hun. Come on, somebody. I, I don't, I, I, I want, I, I want to know who you you want me to marry. I'm, I'm just not marrying the cute girl who, ain't, who don't want to come to church. Lord, give me a godly woman. Come on, everybody. Give me a godly man. Give me a man that's got some money. Come on, girls. Come on. Give me a man with some money and got some money sense and wants to buy me something. Come on. That's what you're going to pray. James is telling his readers and his listeners to get God involved in the decision. Lord, what's your will? What's your will? Me as a young adult, man, 20 years old when I got my life turned around, I wrestled with this constantly. I wrestled with it between my second and third year at university, frustrated with where I'm at, and maybe that's where you're at right now. Maybe you're frustrated with where you're at. That's the beginning for you to scratch that itch spiritually and let God direct you in the will and the purpose and the plan for your life. Say, there's got to be more than this. I, I, I want more. I, I, I want to please you with my life. I, I want to hear you with my life. I, 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 if, if you're going to use anybody, I want to be the guy like David. I want you to use me. Come on. I want to be a giant killer. I, 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 want to, I don't want to waste my life. I don't want my life like what, what James says. You're here for just a little while. You're like a passing cloud. You're, you're like when you put and you're, and you're boiling water on the stove and you see the steam come up. And there it is. And before it gets three or four feet up, it's gone. That is your and that is my life. And, and so the, the psalmist said, teach me to number my days that I may gain a heart of wisdom. Some of us in the room, if you're 80 years old, can I just be real with you? And somebody maybe 90 years old, let's just be real. You're, 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 you're on borrowed time. Nothing wrong with saying that. Our, our life is, is going to end sometime. If you're, if you're 40 years old and you're thinking you're going to live forever, you're not. You, you've got, let's just say, 40, 45, 50 years. I mean, you live to be 90. You're doing good. You're doing good. And I don't know about you, I just don't want to live to be 90. I want to, I want to live to be 90. Come on, everybody. Come on, I want to be like Caleb. Give me this mountain. Come on to 84. I want to keep growing and keep increasing. I want my wits about me. And I, I want to be able to enjoy life and, and be able to ride bikes and, and, and kill bears. Come on, somebody. I just, come on, right? So, so, so listen, we, we only have one life to live, and, and, then, and then it's eternity, and, and what we do here has e eternal significance. So, so here's the question, what, what are you doing? 
What are you doing? What are you doing? Um, I was thinking this morning, in fact, yesterday, I guess it was, um, I was talking to somebody. And, you, you know, of course, you know this. It's almost 2024. Do you realize that, that four months from now, that it will be four years since COVID started? Four years. March 2020. So four months, it have been four years. I don't know about you, but I'm asking myself, where did those four years go? Where'd they go? Where'd they go? What, 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 what did you do? What did you accomplish? Listen, for eternal significance. 1 Corinthians 7, Apostle Paul writes this. But let me say this, dear brothers and sisters, the time that remains is very short. Very short. He, he's writing this, you know, close to 2,000 years ago or so. So if it was short then, how much very, very, very short is it now? So, so from now on, here, here's, what, here's his admonition to the Corinthian church. He says, so from now on, those with wives should not only focus on their marriage. Is your marriage important? Of course it is. Of course it is. He's not saying one or the other. He's just saying order of importance. Those with wives should not focus only, only, that's the operative word, on their marriage. Those who weep or those who rejoice or who buy things should not be absorbed, notice the word, absorbed by their weeping and their joy or their possessions. Absorbed with it. Absorbed with the, with the, the, the hurt, the weeping, the what happened, or let's talk, the what happened in 2020, and, uh, and I wish we'd go back. We ain't never going back. And, I, uh, and, and the weeping and the sorrow of who's not, who's not here and what happened. And, 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 and so, or the joy and just going through life just, just, just on a sugar high. And, and not realize, realizing life is more than just you know, candy, corn, and ice cream. Uh, and, or just the possessions. And, and what's really going to satisfy and fill my life is if I just get another, if I get a new car. If I get, if I get an, a new house, if I get one more bedroom, or, or if, I just, if I could just get $5,000 more a year, but you don't realize all you get is $2,400 after the government tax it. So he says, verse 31, that those who use the things of this world should not become attached to them. For this world, as we know it, will soon pass away. It's passing away. How soon it passes away, no one really knows. But the scripture is real clear. He's telling us to have a heavenly perspective and a heavenly mentality. That, that when we see signs, when we see what's going on right now, that it's almost like things start speeding up and, and progressing. It's, some of you all, uh, like me, on, sat, on, um, on Saturday I like, to watch, I like to watch college football, and that's really kind of fun, college football. But something is totally different between college football and NFL football, which they'll play today and on Monday and on Thursday. <laughs> Here's what's different. Here's what's different. These brothers, these professional athletes, they have got it down in the two-minute warning. 
in the two-minute warning for you that are unfamiliar, there's two minutes left in the quarter, or really basically two minutes left in the half before it's halftime. And so everything intensifies. The play calling intensifies. You, you could feel it in the stadium. The athletes know it. We've got to bring this ball from where we're at further down the field, either to kick a field goal and hopefully win or score a touchdown and win. The two-minute offense, everything just gets sped up. Everything's got to be on point. You got to block that guy. You got to make sure he doesn't come from, from, from the, the, the quarterback's blind side. You've got to protect him when he's in the pocket. You've got to run your route with precision. If you're a wide receiver, you got to make sure that when you catch that ball, you got both your feet down or it's an incomplete pass. We can't have any stupid penalties right now. We can't be offsides. We, we, we got to be on point these last two minutes. Can I tell you something right now? The body of Christ, here's what I sense. We are in the two-minute warning. We're, we're here, listen to me, for what God's called us to do, what God's called us to be, and that everything matters. Everything matters more right now. It's just intensified. It doesn't mean that, 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 um, uh, that if you do something that God's going to disqualify you. That's not what I'm talking about. But God wants you to be on point, that you could be living out his purpose and his plan for your life, that God will steer you, God will direct you, God will make your count he'll use you in this time for the amount of time you have left nobody nobody is disqualified from God using them constantly we see in scripture where where you know Peter would do something goofy he'd say something stupid and and he'd he'd act up and and a rooster would crow but how many know how many know that a day of Pentecost he was a brother that was preaching and 3,000 people got saved on one day so come on God is a genius at using people and steering them and directing them that no matter where we've messed up that he can get us just right back on point Come on. That, that, that's why Paul says this in Ephesians 5. Look with me on the screen there. He says, look carefully then how you walk. Look carefully how you walk. Watch how you walk. Come, come on. It's almost like, come on, some of you fa uh, families and you've got sons that, that, or daughters that play Legos. And how many know in the middle of the night, you got to make sure those Legos are all picked up. You got to look carefully how you walk, right? Because there's some stuff going on. There's some landmines out here in life. Look carefully how you walk. One translation says, look circumspectly. Look from all sides. Look from every side. Have a good awareness of where you're at. Don't, don't let anybody or anything sneak up on you. Come on, all, come on, the devil's like a roaring lion looking whom he may devour. But he doesn't have to devour you. These are evil times. These are wicked times. And God wants you and I to make it to the finish line. Come on, intact. Come on, doing the will of God. Excited about God. Seeing his kingdom come. Seeing his will be done. Yeah, in your mind, in my life. So, so, so he says this. He says, look how you walk. Notice these three words. Live purposefully. Live worthily. Live accurately. Live accurately. Live worthily. The high call of God in Christ Jesus. Live, 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 live purposefully. Live, live on point. Live worthily, live accurately. Not as the unwise and the witless, but as wise and sensible, intelligent people. And he tells us, make the very most of the time. Make the very most of the time. Buy up each opportunity. Why? Because we're living in evil days. We're living in evil days. And so he says, don't be, don't be vague, thoughtless. Don't be, don't, don't, don't be foolish, but understand. No, understand and firmly grasp what the will of the Lord is for you. Lord, what are you doing? What do you want me to do? Come on, what, what do you want me to do? 
That was that prayer that I wrestled with as a 20-year-old guy in between second and third year of college. You know, God, I, I, mean, I was in, 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 going to school, taking business classes, real estate classes. I thought I was going to be a great entrepreneur. I love that kind of thing. Uh, I love development. I think it's cool. I don't understand it right now, but I love it. I think it's amazing. I love buying and selling. I, I love that kind of thought process of business and, and having that, uh, uh, portfolios and managing things and managing other people's property. I think it'd be so cool. But, but in the middle of all that, I just, it was a dissatisfaction with what I was doing. God, what do you want me to do? And I sensed in my heart after months of agonizing prayer, kind of like going, I didn't hear you today. What do you want me to do? I knew I was supposed to go to Bible school. I knew I was. I'm kind of going, there's nobody in my family that's ever pastored a church. I don't come from a line of pastors. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. None of my friends pastored a church. And yet in my heart, I just know I was supposed to go to a Bible school in Oklahoma. And man, I went and man, my hand just got put to the plow. My hand got put to the plow. I didn't even finish college. I still lacked like 15 units from graduating college at East Tennessee State University. I gave it all up. And my dad was like going, Gary, we got to graduate. It's kind of like your fallback. I said, Dad, I'm just burning the bridge. I'm saying goodbye to my old life, and I'm going to take hold of you because I believe this is the will of God for my life. And God supernaturally helped me. You know, I met Kimberly, and, uh, you know, she chased me down like a dog hound. And, and I said, yes, I'll marry you, I guess. Okay. You don't believe that. Come on. Best thing that's ever happened to me. Come on, give it up for Sister Kimberly over there. Sister. <laughs> uh, man, you guys are amazing. Come on, I, I want to firmly grasp, and I want to understand what the will of the Lord is generally, but what the will of the Lord is for my life. My life. Because I want, I want my life to count. I want to make a difference. I want to make a difference. Um, G Jesus told a, a parable. We'll start landing the plane. Come on, we're out here. Come on, we got like, we got a few minutes to land the plane. Jesus told a parable about a landowner in Matthew chapter 20. And the landowner had harvest that was coming in. And he's looking to hire workers for his fields. This is, this is, this is huge. He's looking to hire workers for his field. The workers didn't own the field. The landowner owned the field. And he's looking for people to come work for him. So the Bible says that the master, the landowner, went to the marketplace and at 6 o'clock in the morning, he found some people and he hired them. He told them exactly what he's going to pay them when they went to work. It's almost like um, when I first came to San Diego in 2001, and we came from a little town up in Canada, 8,000 people. We never, we, number one, we didn't have a Lowe's or a Home Depot. But, but I remember just going up on 8th Street early in the morning to get some stuff for our house. And I saw some brothers out there at early in the morning looking for work. That's exactly what's going on. Notice what it says here in Matthew 20, verse 3. He hires some at 6 o'clock in the morning, but now it's 9 o'clock in the morning. And here's the owner, here's the landowner. He passes through the marketplace and he saw some people standing around, check it out, doing nothing. 
So he hired them, telling them he would pay them whatever was right at the end of the day. I'll, I'll, pay, I'll, I'll pay you what's right. Didn't even tell them what the wage was, but he hired them. So they went to work in the vineyard, and, and at noon, at noon, at noon, three hours later, the landowner is back at the same place, or he's walking around the marketplace, and he finds some other guys. And, and the same thing at three o'clock in the afternoon. He goes back all day, listen, all day long, the landowner is looking for workers. Noon, three o'clock, and he does the same thing. Six o'clock is 12 hours time frame, quitting time, but he's back at it, verse six, at five o'clock in the afternoon. He's in town again, and he saw some more people standing around. And he asks them, why haven't you been working today? Why haven't you been working? That phrase, man, hitting my chest hard. Why haven't you been working? And they said, no one hired us. And the landowner said, then go out, five o'clock in the afternoon, join the others, notice again, in my vineyard. And if you know the parable, Jesus then got the guys who showed up at five o'clock and began paying them the same wage that the guys who worked for 12 hours got. And the guys who worked for 12 hours were choked that they got the same wage that the man got that just worked one hour. And Jesus said this, the first will be last and the last will be first. And it doesn't make a difference what God does with anybody else. Listen to me. God is after you working in his field. We see a couple things. We see the master was looking to hire workers. We talked about that. And he's still looking today. He's looking to hire workers. He's looking for anybody who says, I'll, I'll do something. I'll lay down my life. I'll give my life for you. It, it might not mean go to Bible school. Maybe it does. Maybe it does. It doesn't mean sell everything you have and give it to the poor, but it might. I'm not telling you who God might say what to. I'm just saying he's looking for workers. He's looking to hire workers that, that, that you could say, when God asks you, what are you doing? I'm, I'm going to work for you. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to use the business that I'm in. I'm going to use the job I'm in. I'm going to use the school classes that I'm in. I'm going to use the people that I frequent with. And I'm going to use all of that for you. I'm going to use my money for you, my time for you, my emotion for you, my prayer for you. It's just not my life. Time is short. The, 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 the vine owner, the, the, the landowner, He's, he, he, he's, he's passionate to get the harvest in. We've only got a certain amount of time to get this harvest in, or else it spoils. We find out that he hired different people at different times of the day. Didn't make a difference how long they were working, what they did. They all got the same pay. Different times. I, I, I've just come into this. I've just, I've just surrendered my life to God. Good. Get busy. Get busy. Uh, I, I, I've been in the game, Christian. I've, I've, been, I've been serving God for 40 years. But, but Okay, don't tell me what you did 35 years ago. What are you doing now? 
Well, you know, I'm a little bit, you know, no, 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 no. What are you doing now? What are you going to do now with your life? Are you going to keep laying it down? Are you going to keep reaching people? Are you going to keep praying? Are you going to keep being a disciple? So we see that even if, even if you haven't been working, what we see, he's just telling us, get to work now. Just get to work now. Um, I, I like this, this scripture in Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 11. We'll close here. Ecclesiastes 9, 11. Years ago, I came across this scripture. I think it's appropriate today as we look at this. The writer Solomon, he says this, I returned and saw under the sun, check it out, that the race is not to the swift. The, 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 the quickest, the, the quickest, the most sure-footed, they're not the ones that always win. The race isn't to the swift. The battle just doesn't go to the strong. The, 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 the army that's got all the latest, the greatest, they don't always win. Bread just doesn't go to wise people. Uh, poor people, even if I'm poor, if I don't live in a mansion, I, I still have access to eat. He says, riches just don't come to men of understanding. I've seen some people that are really stupid that have a lot of money. He says, favor just doesn't come to men of skill. He says this, but time and chance happen to them all. Opportunity happens to them all. A collision with what God's got for your life. Time and chance. I happen to be there at the right time. I believe there's intersections. I believe God's bringing the body of Christ into an intersection. I, I, I don't know, I, I, like I said earlier, I see all the chaos, I see all the confusion, I see, I see deception just like you, I see, I see government uh, doing crazy things, I see people that don't even, can't even figure out what's right or wrong, what's, what's evil, what's good, what's wicked, and I'm saying, Lord God, time and chance is happening to us all, an opportunity right now to be salt, to be light, to be the body of Christ, to lay, see people healed, to see people saved, to see people delivered, marriages restored, kids off drugs, signs, wonders, miracles, come on, acts of the Holy Ghost going on. This is the time that we are in. Can you say amen? Everybody, listen, all of us, all of us doing something for God. All, come on, all of us. Doing, no one disqualified. But, but you don't know me. You don't know what I've done. You don't know where I was last night. Okay, 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 okay. Stop it. Just stop it and get serving God. There's a woman caught in adultery, John chapter 8. And if there was anybody that could, could have killed her, it was Jesus. But Jesus doesn't do that. He forgives her and releases her and just simply says, go and sin no more. Just stop it. And get on, come on, I love you, he's saying. I got a plan for your life. I, I want to use your life. You're, you, don't have to, you don't have to surrender your life to this kind of lifestyle. I want to use you. Matthew 24, Jesus says this. There's wars, rumors of wars, nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom. It's going on right now, fighting. And he says this in Matthew 24. And because of all this, he says this, lawlessness will abound and the love of many will grow cold. Lawlessness will abound. Lawlessness in our culture. And all of a sudden, the love of many people, the hearts for God and the heart for the kingdom of God just starts growing cold, just starts growing distance. We saw that in COVID. Every church saw it. Church, church, people all across, the, all across the world during COVID where it's like, what's going on and who's this? And, and I thought I trusted them and, I, and, and they said this and they said that and it's all been false and it's all. And so their, their heart just gets restricted and gets cold. Don't let it be you. 
Don't let it be you. This is a season that we're in and God allowed you and I to be born and alive in this time. So evidently you've got exactly what you need to be the kind of man and woman God wants you to be. Amen, everybody. Come on, you got it. It's been deposited in you by the Holy Spirit. The Apostle Paul said this. He, well, it wasn't the Apostle Paul. It was actually Saul before he had his name changed. He's out persecuting the church. You can help me out, Mario. Thank you, brother. He's out persecuting the church. Going from town to town. Got letters from other Jewish people. We're going to kill the Christians. We're going to put them in jail. We're going to kill them. He's dragging them out of houses. Crazy stuff going on. The Bible says he's on Damascus. He's on, on his way to Damascus. You know, Damascus is still around right now. Still a city right now. But prophetically, from a scripture in the Old Testament, Damascus isn't going to be around much longer. It's going to be removed, God said. That's a whole other thought. He's on his way to Damascus to bring these letters and call these people to be put in prison. And all of a sudden, a light shines from heaven. Remember that? A light shines from heaven. And he hears this voice. And he says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting? You're kicking against the pricks. Why are you persecuting me? You're fighting against me is what Jesus is saying. And he says this, two questions. Who are you, Lord? Who are you, Lord? And he says, it's me, it's Jesus. And then he said this, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Lord, what are you doing? What are you doing? What's the signs? What are you doing? But what, what, what do you want me to do? What's my part? What's my role? What's, what's your assignment for my life? If I've only got one life to live, what, what, what do you want me to do right now? Come on, right now. Come on, all over the room. Come on, stand up. Would you do it? Bow your head. Heavenly Father, we pray. Come on, just ask him that right there. Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Come on, ask him that right now. What do you want me to do right now? In, in this season of my life, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to pursue? What do you want me to leave off? What do you want me to entertain? What do you want me to start doing? Lord God, show and lead and guide and direct. Speak to your people today, Lord God. Open up doors that have been closed under now. Close doors, Lord God, that need to be closed. Lord God, show them specifically. If it's a vision, if it's a dream, if it's just a knowing inside their heart, Lord God, give them a word, a scripture as they're reading it. Cause their ears to be attentive to you, their eyes to be open to you, Lord God. What do you want me to do? I don't want to just go through life rest of my life on the earth that it doesn't matter I want to know what you're doing I know what you're saying I want to I want to hear what you're hearing what do you want me to do so we pray while your heads bowed your eyes closed come on no one looking around all over the room if you never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life or you're away from him as the scripture says the scriptural word is a little bit harder than that it's actually this that your back slid you've slidden back you've slidden away from God if that's you today, God wants you to come close to Him. He wants to restore you and renew you in your relationship with Him. But it begins with you. It doesn't begin with Him. So all over the room, if that's you, if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, or you want to recommit your life to Him, I'm going to count to three. We're going to say a prayer out loud, and there will be a spiritual transaction that happens between God and you right there in your heart. Not, not including anybody else. It's just you 
and God. Do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Do you know where you would spend eternity if this was the last day that you would be alive on the earth? Are you right in your heart with God? Come on, all over the room. If that's you and you wanna be included in this prayer, come on, when I count to three, lift your hand. One, come on, two, three, all over the room. Include me, include me, come on, include me. Awesome, thank you for your hand, thank you, thank you. Include me, anybody else? I wanna know God, I wanna know God. I wanna turn, I wanna change my life. I want Him in my life to lead me, guide me, direct me. Come on, in the name of Jesus, let's all pray this prayer. You that have your hands raised up, say it with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you right now in Jesus' name. I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. So I believe in my heart and I say with my mouth, God raised Jesus from the dead. Be my Lord, be my Savior forever and ever. I repent, I change my mind and I change my direction. Come on, fill me, come on, fill me with the Holy Spirit and I'll never be the same. Come on, in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody. Come on. We praise you, Lord God. Thank you for new transactions right now. New, come on, people making spiritual transactions in the heavenlies right now. Come on, all over the room. Come on, if you prayed that prayer.